0: year 11s um, as promised to help with your revision, I'm going to be um, doing a podcast this evening on Eva Smith slash Daisy Renton um, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to give an overview of the character and then I'm going to talk a little in a little bit more detail how um, her relationship between the other members of the cast um, dropping in a few quotes about her obviously because that's important that you try and remember some of that evidence um, your essay question is looking, uh, is looking this week is looking at Eva Smith, so what I'm saying should be quite helpful, um, although obviously um, it won't be structured in the essay format that you want to do with your language analysis, writer's methods, etc. So um, Eva can be seen as a representative of, of all the sort of poor, disadvantaged women in society. And we get that first clue from her surname. The name Smith is the most common name in the UK. Um, so she really symbolises everyone there of her class who's suffering. Since we never ha- actually have her on stage, we never hear from her directly, um, it's very tricky to talk about her as a character um, in the same way that you can do the other characters in the play, Berling, Gerald, etc. Um, so what we learn about her, we learn through uh, everyone else. Um, a lot of that mainly is... is ghoul who has her diary and things like that supposedly. Um, so we've got some basic information about the last two years of her life. Firstly she worked hard for Burling Company but went on strike due to unfair pay. Um, this was quite uh, similar to the um, the behaviour of lots of coal miners and other workers who were striking for better pay and better conditions um, and Mr Burling himself even admits that she was actually a good worker um, which goes to show really how unfair the society was there that um, she was still completely um, irrelevant for him even though he admits she was good. So she was we know we also know she was quite attractive. Um, she was pretty enough to make Sheila jealous um, who then got her sacked from her next job. And we know she attracted the attentions of Gerald and Eric and uh, the other chap in the in the bar. Uh, we also know that she has some morals um, despite perhaps uh, reasons not to. Um, so he kind of priestly really juxtaposes her with the Burling family. Who at the start of the play don't seem to have any morals at all um, you know Eva refuses to marry er- eric and refuses money from him when she finds out it's stolen she's strong and courageous where she demands um for a pay rise um but be careful not to talk about um when sh- the the scene in the film where he offers her a promotion um and she turns it down. That's that doesn't that doesn't happen. So be careful, okay? Don't don't be too um, don't be too faithful to the film. Um, she does reach a, some low points where she's working in the Palace Theatre bar, and there's a suggestion that perhaps she might be leading towards prostitution. And of course, her eventual suicide when pregnant with Eric's baby. Um, I think Priestley uses Eva as a way of making the Burlings realize the effect their actions have on an individual and he wants to do that um because of the fact that the the family are a microcosm of society so I've talked about this quite a lot and it what that what that phrase means is that Priestley uses this as a, a, one of his methods to show um, on a small scale um, what he thinks or, or um, about things on a much bigger scale. So he uses this Burling family, he uses Eva Smith and the treatment that they give of Eva to represent what was really happening in the UK, um, in particular at the time when it's set, obviously much earlier than when it's written, and he obviously is using that as a warning. He doesn't want things to go back to that. So. Um, so by making them realise the effects their actions have on an individual, I guess it's kind of hopeful that they will t- treat people better. We don't really even know if Eva Smith and Daisy Renton are the same person. Um, and we don't know whether the inspector has pictures of different girls and this is his his way of sort of tricking the family. Um, he, he fiercely controls the situation um, and, and is very strict, um, doesn't let Gerald have a look at the image um, and he says that he likes to use this line of questioning. Remember that your reference to the text can be talking about specific things like that. You don't need to necessarily know loads of quotes off by heart. Ultimately, it's completely irrelevant um, because it doesn't matter whether the actions were done to the same person or not, they're still to blame for their actions. So we do doubt who Eva is and whether or not she could be multiple people, whether she's actually committed suicide. It's not really the point of his story. Um, His story is not about just the tragic death of one young girl. It's it's a message of social responsibility. Um, And it doesn't matter who that person is, male, female, rich or poor, everyone should be treated fairly and with respect. Overall, Eva can be seen as a victim of other people's selfishness. And we're going to go, as I said, into a bit more detail of how she affects the other characters. I'm really sorry, my dog is barking in the background. So let me just pause. Sorry, I'm back. Um, So, um, some of the ways in which she's described she's described um, as a pretty girl, she's described. pretty lively girl who never did anybody no harm but she died in misery and agony hating life so that's part of um what the inspector says um when he's he's using lots of emotive words there misery and agony which really juxtaposes how she obviously is considered to be pretty and warm-hearted um we know that she drank some disinfectant uh and again died after several hours of agony uh, and disinfectant I don't know if I'm reading too much into this but, you know, it gets rid of germs in the same way that she kind of maybe wants to get rid of everything... um, every way in which she's been wronged um, and every, like, nasty, horrible, dirty thing that's happened to her. That could be just me being an English teacher uh, but that might be a nice little symbol um and then also when we when we hear the inspector and and sheila talking about this famous quote uh you know the the one that you must all remember the fire and blood and anguish she really represents that in the way that she goes out and it also foreshadows um obviously the war there's lots of things that you can talk about there now the name i've already talked about smith but then eva um is like eve which again is like the the original woman. Um, and so this just does kind of go to show how she is a symbol of, of women in society. The smith gives us the, the working class aspect, but then the name, woman, that, you know, she is the original woman, um, just goes to show how she kind of is representing them all there. So we talk about Eva and Mr. Burling first. And... Um, some quotes he said i told the girl to clear out so we've got use of girl and clear out here in that quote um shows how unimportant and she's very low down on this hierarchy you know barely um blips on a blip on his radar as she referred to as wretched girl constant like references to her being girl again it's very belittling you know um it's you know even though she, she was a young woman um later on after she uh, after she's been sacked she stopped being Eva Smith this is when she takes the name of Daisy Renton. and um, Inspector Gould says perhaps she'd had enough of it so this name change um, might foreshadow the eventual suicide as well just this like um, exhaustion, this need to change identity need to stop being this person Um so, Eva and Sheila then, uh, and then we've got a quote on, so that after two months, dot, 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 she was feeling desperate, um, and she was very desperate uh, uh, when, after her, after she sacked from Millwoods. Um, Sheila, of course, is one of the characters that feels really, really guilty for what she does to Eva, uh, which... is is really nice and I think on some level it's almost like woman to woman um she can understand her situation a lot more and obviously we've got the 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 youth and the fact that the younger generation were were meant to be that that hope um for the future that Priestley's trying to say so how Eva then uh relates with Gerald uh well we've got this quote she decided she might as well try another kind of life um, and this is sort of a euphemism for the fact that she was reduced to considering prostitution, which would have made her feel completely worthless. But she'd, you know, been sacked from her two previous jobs and was really running out of options. We know she didn't have any family. Um, Gerald describes her as young, fresh, and charming. All she wanted was to talk, a little friendliness. So those are some quotes there, ways and things that you can remember. Again, really positive, really warm descriptions. Um, And at this point, she wanted to be Daisy Renton and not Eva Smith. Um, I think she confides a lot in Gerald. um, And she was grateful to him, obviously, and perhaps fell in love with him. Uh, obviously it doesn't work out between the two uh, and Eva is back to square one. So Eva and Mrs Burling, then. When we're getting to this part of the story we, we've obviously figured out that there's a bit of a recurring trend here. That people, everyone around this dinner table is in some way going to have something to do with this poor girl. Um, so Mrs Burling, who's remained very uh, sure about herself and her lack of involvement Setting herself up for the fail, obviously we've got really good use of dramatic irony here where we as the audience, we know what to expect, we know what's going to happen, we know that she is going to be responsible because that's the structure that Priestley has used where he's had a character interrogated and sort of brought down. Um, So we know that's going to happen because that's what's happened so far. But she's very adamant, um, and when she's talking, her involvement is that she doesn't give Eva any money when she really needs money uh, because she's pregnant. And uh, funnily enough, like we've, we've, um, the narrative has been quite chronological so far. We've talked, um, we've had Mr. Burling, the sacking at the beginning, and then the Millwoods, and then Gerald, and things are going in quite a nice order. But it actually does a little bit of a jump here where with, um, Sybil Burling, where um, we've got almost the final nail in the coffin before we get to the character of Eric. Um, So, spoiler alert, although if you do not know this yet, then I'm seriously concerned. But Eric obviously impregnates Eva, and then it's at this stage where she um, has absolutely no options and goes to try and get help from um, Sybil Burling, Mrs Burling's charity. And there she is, refused um for a number of reasons she uh you know she's she goes in and she refers to herself as mrs berling which is quite unusual Uh, and obviously mrs berling gets that gets her back up a little bit um eva went to the committee to ask for help when she's pregnant and this was the last possible sort of hope for her um the quote here is she'd been turned out and turned down too many times um she's lost hope um she's really not had any luck um and you know instead of helping her as as charity does you know we hear this word charity and it has such positive connotations um but in this instance it, it's almost made so much worse because you expect it to, to help you expect this final little shred of hope, ray of sunshine and because it doesn't it makes things so much worse for her Mrs Burling of course um, ironically says that the whole responsibility is on the father um, she says that the father of the child was quote, silly and wild and drinking too much so she thinks that she should have nothing to do with it this is the man's responsibility again so you know we've got a real reflection there of the patriarchal society um why can't a woman help another woman out it's not necessarily the man's job um patriarchal society for those who don't know is one where um the society is is run by the men they are superior so then of course lastly we've you know um Most of the audience and, of course, um, Sheila have guessed that uh, whilst Mrs Burling is on her high horse about the man needs to take care of it and who is this wretched, you know, um, guy that's impregnated this woman um, and she wants nothing to do with it, of course that we then have um, the kind of reality of the fact that the last person to be questioned, um, the last one around the table, the irresponsible um young son of the Burlings, Eric, is of course then the father of this baby. Um so as I said, this is a really really clever structure that he that he's used there where he has where he just swaps around the last two from the chronological order so that we get that crushing realisation when Sybil realizes that her son um is this is this reprobate that she's had her nose turned up to, um it's kind of quite a quite a clever way in which he's done that. Um, really puts her in her place when she's been such a bit of a cow about everything. So even Eric then um, even meets Eric in the same palace bar. Similar situation to Eric, to Gerald. Um, he he says that uh, he talks about their first instance. Um, ...of meeting and it seems like it wasn't particularly a nice one. He seems like he forced himself on her. And um, Eva becomes pregnant with Eric's child. Um, he, Eva there is very sensible and actually she's a lot more sensible and mature than Eric. Which I think kind of reflects how, um, how different even though they might they're probably similar ages how different her experience her upbringing was to him he's been quite sheltered um you know he's faced very different challenges to certainly those that Eve would face obviously he's got expectations on his shoulders and he doesn't seem to be enjoying his life an awful lot. But I don't think there's any way in which he could have grown up in the same way and grown up as fast as her. So she's a lot more sensible. She knows that she doesn't want to accept this stolen money. Um, uh, and she's really desperate. Um, and sh- she, was, she was quite quite noble in not telling Mrs. Berling about the father of the child. She obviously wanted to protect him, um, when really she didn't owe him anything. So I think the audience have so many opportunities in this play to warm to this character that they never even meet, which is quite special, I think, that Priestley is able to do that. So we just have a little look at the end of the play then. Um, Each of you helped kill her. Ghoul lays the blame for for her death firmly at the feet of this family. Uh, Something called collective responsibility. And again, it's representative of of, um, social problems. She wanted to end her life. She felt she couldn't go on any longer. That's a direct quote about how she gives up in the end. And she sees death as her only option. She's already changed jobs, changed her name. um, And then lastly, Eva Smith's gone. You can't do her any more harm and you can't do her any good now either. But then this is where we get the real point of Priestley. Um, and And it's towards the end where he says, One Eva Smith has gone, but there are millions and millions and millions of Eva Smiths and John Smiths still left with us. With their lives, their hopes and fears, their suffering and chance of happiness all intertwined with our lives with what we think and say are, and do we are responsible for each other okay so you don't need to remember that whole quote but i would like the millions and millions and millions of eva smiths and john smiths still left with us or ev- or even just the the repetition of millions things like that so you don't need to remember these huge long quotes but if you can remember the part where Ghoul Um, recognises, you know, that this is a much bigger problem with his use of millions. Um, You're you're getting your references in there and you're getting those um, AO2 marks, which is, you know, the aim of the game. So, uh, lastly, it's about how she extends to society as a a whole. And um, some people are, are... aware of that you know Sheila has learnt her lesson so has Eric um, whereas the, the elder generation their conversation is a lot more focused on public scandal um, and trying to figure out if they've actually been had um, she's referred to as the dead girl um, by the older generation which kind of shows how they've missed the point completely there um, but on the whole she has been a symbol for the audience and how the how the play ends again, um, where where they think that they've found out that this the whole thing was a hoax, um, but but Sheila's still feeling awful. She says we still did the, these things, and then we get um, the phone call that a girl has just died on her way to the infirmary after swallowing some disinfectant, and we don't know. Then maybe if Eva Smith was some sort of ghost, um, or you know, some sort of sign whether ghoul was a ghost the whole thing is a bit crazy and it just makes the audience confused but that's the point it's you're not meant to know who she was you're not meant to know if she was one or four or five it's about how you treat people so how you treat eva And in our, you know, we have our own Eva Smiths. It's about how we look after people in our society. That's who she is. That's her function. Treat people badly and bad things will happen. Fire and blood and anguish, you know, agony. These are the words that are being used to show this downfall of this character who actually we we really warm to. Okay, so, uh, oh gosh, that was way longer than I hoped. Sorry, that was meant to be short, brief, but hopefully that was quite helpful. Um, Good luck with your essay and I shall see you all soon.